You're listening to the Iconic Leader Podcast with Sarah Plowman, episode number four. Welcome to the Iconic Leader Podcast. I'm your host, life and business coach, Sarah Plowman, here to help you embrace your icon status while getting rich with ease and style. Let's fucking go. Hello, icons. Welcome. And if you are listening to this podcast the day that it gets released, this episode rather, it is Tuesday. And Tuesdays are now officially Iconic Leader podcast days. The first three episodes I was kind of dripping out as I had them available. But from now on, starting today, there will be a new episode that comes out every Tuesday. And I am so excited to have this be one of the anchors in my week is recording this and releasing this for you. Today's episode is particularly juicy and is going to help you make a lot of money. So you're going to want to bookmark this one because it is probably going to blow your mind. You might have to listen a couple of times. So you've been warned. I've been doing a lot of consults in the last two weeks, starting in like mid-May in June and part of July, I kind of took a break from selling. I had become fully booked. I had sold several spots of my wait list and I kind of wanted a break. Plus I had some mindset things going on that I was kind of working through, some doubt and some ideas that I was grappling with that I kind of wanted to go through in private and not be as visible on social media and with onboarding new clients. I was also going through a big shift in my personal life and my personal relationships. So I was just kind of laying low during that time, tending to myself, taking care of myself, giving myself space and a little break from marketing, selling and bringing new clients on. I was still, of course, taking really good care of myself, really good care of my current clients, really good care of my family. And then in July, I celebrated my 40th birthday on July 9th and was away on vacation. When I came back from vacation, I was like, it is go time. And I activated sale mode, which we're going to talk about in a future episode of the podcast. It's really fun. Like I'm going to teach you how to turn on your money-making skills, like turn it off and on like a faucet. I'm going to show you that you have that power. So we're going to talk about that in the next episode or two of the podcast. But today I want to talk to you about something else that I've noticed as I've been doing all of these consults. One of the things that I want to assess really early on with a potential client is their belief in three main areas their belief about themselves as a coach, their belief about their offer, and their belief about their audience or their potential clients. And I do this through conversation that we have on the console, and I actually even start this beforehand with the questions that I ask in my application. All of that is designed in part to help me assess these three areas of belief. So themselves as a coach, how confident you are in your ability to coach someone, your coaching skills, your confidence, and your belief in your offer. So your offer might be six months of coaching for $10,000, and here's the result, the XYZ result that I offer. And then number three is your confidence about your potential clients, your current audience. 
And what I have found over and over again and has really been underscored over the last couple of weeks, the last few consults that I've done, is that my clients have really high belief, high level of confidence in themselves as the coach. They are a good coach and they know it. They have really high belief in their offer. They know that the tools that they teach in their unique way get their clients results and they've seen it over and over and over again. But when it comes to number three, their beliefs about their people, this is where things go downhill and everything kind of falls apart. It's kind of funny. It's like they're super confident and then all of a sudden they have all of these really unhelpful thoughts about the people in their audience or about their future clients. They'll tell me thoughts like, well, my people just don't have money or they're not resourceful. They don't know how to come up with the money. They don't get it. This is too hard for them. They're too scared. They don't trust themselves enough. They don't believe in themselves to figure it out. Like, really negative thoughts all of a sudden. So here I have this really confident coach who's got a really incredible offer, but thinks terrible thoughts about her audience. And when you pile all these negative thoughts up that she's having about her audience, it's no wonder she thinks her audience isn't ready to buy. These are not thoughts that a ready, resourced, powerful, empowered person has going into buy coaching and invest in themselves and up-level their life. So think about this. If you don't believe that your current audience is ready and resourced and excited and motivated to hire you and start working with you, then you're in a little bit of a pickle. You're not going to be motivated to show up and sell because what's the point? And you're also going to think that you need to find an entirely new audience, right? Because the audience you have now is not the right audience. So now you have this big daunting project ahead of you and you're creating an environment where it's really easy to feel stuck and to just spin in confusion. There's another really insidious direct result I see from not believing in your audience, and that is that you start downplaying your awesome results because you are afraid that you will make other people feel bad. And you're mostly afraid that you'll make them feel bad in one of two ways. You'll make them think bad things about you. They'll feel bad about you, for example, that you are bragging or that you think you're better than them. Or you will make them feel bad because they're seeing something that they want in you. They're seeing your awesome life and they don't think it's possible for them. And instead of calling BS on those thoughts, you're believing them. You're like, ooh, yes. If I show up as my awesome self and I let people see how much I love my life and all of the incredible results that I have created because of the tools that I have used in my own life and now I'm teaching my clients, then people are going to be mad at me and people are going to think I'm bragging. So I have to shrink down. I have to start playing small. I have to not be honest about my life. This is a terrible idea, my friends, and also a surefire way to not sign clients. 
one, I don't want you living a lie like this. I want you to love your life and live it out loud. And two, remember that we can't control what people think about us. And our job is to show up in our honesty and authenticity and be an example to the people around us of what is possible. And when you are shrinking down, when you're not letting people see the results that you're creating in your life, you are setting yourself up to be an obstacle in your potential client's growth journey. (gasps) I know. We are the coaches. We are supposed to be the one who helps them overcome their obstacles. But here's what you're doing instead. You are pitying your people. And when you are pitying your people, you become an additional obstacle to their growth. When I drop this bomb on a console or on one of my clients, they're like, no, I don't pity my people. And then they stop for a minute and they think about it and they think about the things that they just said and they hear what I'm reflecting back to them and they're like, oh shit, I am pitying my people. Let's pause here to look at the definition of pity. I went to the Googles. I looked pity up and pity, when you pity someone, you are feeling sorrow for the misfortunes of that person. You are feeling sorrow for the misfortunes of someone. That is not our job. Our job is to not feel sorrow for the misfortunes of other people. Our job is to be examples of what's possible and to believe on behalf of our clients that they can create extraordinary results in their lives. That is literally your job number one, is to believe that whatever your client wants to create in their life is possible for them to create. Not feel sorry for them for their misfortunes. That is the opposite of empowering. We want to empower our clients, and when we are unintentionally directing our pity at them, we are doing the opposite of empowering them. I'll give you an example from my business of a time that I was not pitied and how it was one of the greatest gifts I've ever been given. This is back in 2020. I had just discovered life coaching and the life coach school, and I knew this was my path. I knew I was meant to become a life coach. I knew it was going to make me wealthy. I knew it was going to finally fulfill my dream of helping people in a real and meaningful way. And I really want to get certified through the life coach school. At the time, it was $18,000 and I didn't have the money. I was newly separated, about to go through a divorce. The pandemic was happening. I was waiting tables on the weekends when I didn't have my kids. And I couldn't wrap my head around spending $18,000 on what felt like something unnecessary or selfish at the time. And it also just felt out of reach, to be honest with you. I didn't, I don't even know if I had $18,000 worth of available credit, and I certainly didn't have it in cash. So what did I do? I sat down and I wrote an email to the Life Coach School and I wrote them a sob story. I put time into this email telling them how hard my life was and how far away the possibility of me creating cash and paying for certification was and 
how I really deserved to go to the life coach school right now. And that in order to do that, I needed help. I needed a grant. I needed a scholarship. I needed a free pass, something. Would you please help me out and make this possible for me now? And they wrote back a kind, courteous, yet brief message saying no, that everyone who goes to the school pays for tuition and they pay the same amount. And I was not happy with that response. I was pissed off, to be honest with you. I felt entitled to what I wanted, and I felt really certain that I was still a victim in some ways. I was a victim of my circumstances, and I wanted the people around me to see that. And I wanted the life coach school to see that, and they weren't seeing it. So I was mad, and I even kind of distanced myself for a while. But then I got curious about why I was so mad and why I felt entitled. And I also got curious about the possibility that I could make $18,000 if it wasn't going to be handed to me. And if I really wanted it, which I did really want, how else could I make it happen? How else could I create what at the time seemed an insane amount of money to go back to school to get a certification when everyone else around me was telling me to pinch pennies and to save up for a house, like don't do anything else until you buy a house for you and your kids while you're going through this divorce. And as a single mom, that's the most important priority. But what if it were possible for me to make $18,000 and buy the certification? And then I had the really fun thought, what if it's possible for me to make the $18,000 as a life coach? What if I can not only make it, but what if I can make it through my business? Not through waiting tables, not through babysitting, not through spending less. What if I can make it as a life coach? And I decided that's what I would do. And don't you know, that's exactly the result that I created. It was more than a year and a half from that point until I was able to pay for certification and go to the life coach school. But when I tell you that I felt like a million bucks sending over that money, it was one of the highest highs I have experienced in my adult life. And I don't mind saying that. (laughs) I felt so proud of myself, not just because of the money, but because of who I had become in the pursuit of giving myself what I wanted. I became someone who knew what she wanted and did what she had to do to give it to herself. I learned how to not be a victim of my circumstances. I learned how to not pity myself in large part because of that day when the life coach school didn't pity me and believed in me. They believed in me that I could create the money and sign up for certification if I really wanted to. And they were right. And I am so proud of myself and so grateful to them for holding that standard so high, for holding their belief in me so very high and not pitying me the way I was pitying myself as a single mom on unemployment during the pandemic. 
So what does this mean for you and the way that you think about your clients? If you don't pity them, what do you do instead? You hold the standard high. You make them an offer that is in alignment with what you want, not what you think people will pay, not what you think your people can handle, but the offer, the price, the time frame, the whole offer that is in alignment with your desire and what you think is best for both you and your ideal client, and you offer that to your people. And when they say no, you don't make it mean anything about you. You don't make it a problem. No matter what they say, they might have their own sob story. They might be in pity. They might truly not have the cash. They might think that they don't, or they might be telling themselves that they don't have the resources, or it might actually be true. And you just let that be true. You hold the standard high and you say, that's okay that you can't give yourself this thing that you want of working with me right now but I trust you to go figure it out. I don't pity you. I don't feel sorry for your misfortunes. I don't feel sorry that you don't have the resources right now or you think you don't or you can't figure it out right now or you don't want to figure it out right now. I trust you that you will figure it out and you will come back to me when the time is right. And the timeline is not up to us. The timeline is up to the universe and the universe's timeline is always divine. It's always perfect. I wasn't meant to get certified back when I first sent that email. I was meant to get certified a year and a half later, and my timing was perfect. And your timing with you and your future clients is perfect. And you don't have to worry about manipulating things or changing things or lowering prices or finding a new audience or doing any of that to try to change the timeline. What is meant for you is not going to miss you. And your job is to hold your standard high, hold your belief of your clients high 100% of the time. Believe in them. Set an example of what it looks like to have unwavering belief because that is powerful. Your future clients will be magnetized to that energy in you. When you are in the presence of someone who believes in you, truly, fundamentally, and unequivocally, that is transformative. Be that for your people. Have a great day, my friends, and I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you're ready to apply what you've learned to create mind-blowing results in your life and business, it's time to apply for private mentorship. You can do this in one of two ways. Come see me on Instagram at Sarah Plowman Coaching or go to my website, www.sarahplowmancoaching.com and apply for private coaching with me. I will see you there.